Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey Spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara and as always I am joined with my ghoul friend Jessica. Wingapo. And today we are bringing you part two into Heaven's Gate. Like we mentioned on Monday, we didn't want to make you guys wait, so this is taking the place of a stabby this week. If you're new or haven't listened to part one, go back one episode and check that out first. That'll give you the background and then also the early timeline of this cult. Also, real quick, we'd like to remind you that we are having our Cramps Day event on December 5th. It is to benefit Toys for Tots. Admission is $5, and everything we earn from that we are donating. So if you'd like to hang out with us virtually and come have some drinks, play some games, and what have you, go ahead to the show notes or our link tree and register for that. But with that, I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to Jessica so we can continue on with Heaven's Gate. Okay, so now we're going to talk about what happened when Bonnie died. Because going back to the dynamic between the two of them, Bonnie was definitely like the smarts and Marshall was the talent. Bonnie wrote out the script. Marshall spoke it to people. So when Bonnie dies, I have to feel like Marshall was like, what the fuck do I do now? My right hand is gone. I don't know what to do. In all intents and purposes, they were like platonic husband and wife. They were truly 100% partners. And I will give it that. I'll give this because most cults have a hierarchy and there's like a male in charge and the male is the king. But like this cult was very like sexuality and gender didn't matter. Mm -hmm. In fact, they all like they were really striving to all be asexual for sure. But after she passed away, Marshall had to come up with a reason that she died. Right. Because again, they've been preaching that they're going to ascend together, that they're Jesus and God, all of this stuff. And suddenly she's dead. And Marshall is like, what the fuck do I do? What the fuck do I do? What the fuck do I do? And watched the movie Cocoon and came up with the brilliant idea. How he went from Cocoon to this, I don't fucking know, but it's okay. I also haven't seen Cocoon in a really long time, so I need to go (laughs) rewatch it. All day I'm like, what happened in Cocoon? Right. (laughs) Right? So basically what he told everyone is that Bonnie just got tired of waiting to ascend and that she made the choice to leave her vehicle or her vessel or her body, her physical vessel on earth, and she ascended. That death, once you die, you can ascend. But like the work wasn't done 
So Marshall had to keep going. So this was his way to like explain it, that she had like gone ahead. Right. I mean, at this point, they have like 80 plus people as part of their group. And I think people started like side-eyeing it and being like, hmm, I don't know. And the group became extremely reclusive. Like up until this point, they weren't like going out and like preaching quote unquote anymore but they were still like people knew who they were and what they were doing and where they lived after bonnie died they were like nope just kidding we're gonna keep our whereabouts and we're gonna be quiet and so by the early 90s they only had 26 members and a lot of these members had been there since like 75 that's crazy yeah and we didn't really hear about them until 1992 when they came out for like three and a half months literally they just were like Hi, I'm here. And they basically had produced this video. It was called Beyond Human. And it was basically like a plea to people saying like the world is going to end. The aliens are coming to get us. There's going to be like hundreds of thousands of like ships that are going to come. We're all going to get on them, but you have to be a part of this. And it didn't do so well of attracting new members. Like, I don't even think that like, I think it was a wash. But what it did is those people who had left were like, oh, Maybe I should come back. Makes sense. One of these people was like in, okay, put a pin in this. I'll come back to it in a little bit because I'm jumping ahead. (laughs) Anyway, so about this time, they're like, wait a second. You know what we should do? You know what really worked really well? Marshall had like a thought. Back in the day, we used to send our members out and they would recruit and that worked better. So they did that. (laughs) (laughs) And it was slightly successful because at the end, they had about 41 people in the cult all together. So that happened. And then after they kind of did a little recruiting thing, they hit again. And then they came out the next year. And basically, Marshall took out a one third page in the USA Today. And it was called UFO Cult Resurfaced with Final Offer. And basically, they were like, you have to be a part of this. They're coming. You're gonna miss this. But again, this is 1993. People are like, "Mm, no, thank you. I would rather not. (laughs) Right? They're like, "Mm mm-mm, no. Mm, Hard pass. (laughs) But this is also about the time the internet has started to, like, become a thing that people are recognizing. I mean, we're talking, like, dial-up. Ooh, yeah. Right? So because of that, they started a brainchild to start a company that basically created and hosted websites. So I want you to really think about this. Can you imagine in today's world, if your website creator slash host you found out they committed mass suicide, you'd be like, what is happening at Squarespace? <laughs> oh, right? I know. I was just like, oh, no, Squarespace, don't do it. <laughs> Back away, Squarespace. We love you. We do. So they really started this. And the company that they started was called Computer Nomads. Basically, it was like a startup internet business before like startups were really a big thing. Mm-hmm. And they realized that the internet was better than like TV and print because they could reach more people. Because at that time, not that many people were posting on the internet. Mm -hmm. Today, like you can Google any company and find their website. Back in 93 through 96, you ain't finding shit. I also want to note that their website is still up. You can still go to it. It hurts my eyes. It's very 90s. It's very neon. (laughs) It's rumored that the two people who were members who weren't in the home during the time of the suicide still keep it active. 
And it's really hard because we're so used to like clean websites that are like, click here for this or click here for that. It's very like easy and you know, but now like all of their buttons are sentences. So it's like, instead of image or whatever you would look like, it's like, how would this blah, blah, blah. I gotta, no, I'm not gonna look it up. It's a whole thing. But it's like a full sentence. It took me like four minutes to figure out what I'd clicked on. I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be like how to become a member. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, it's not. It was like what they were going to look like. And they look like gray aliens. Just spoiler. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so they throughout this time, they're not really like saying what they're doing. They're just like working online. And they really started at this point. They've started their company. It's called Higher Source. They literally created websites for other companies. And this is how they were making money. And they were making enough money that they were able to start renting mansions in LA and San Diego. So they rented one in LA for a while. In like 95, they lived in this mansion in LA and they basically came out and Marshall did these like two big public things and said, hey, look, I, everyone needs to join. It was very conspiracy. Like you can watch them online. I'm sure you've seen them. And anytime where they do clips of people acting chaotic, Marshall's picture is somewhere in there. And he's definitely talking about the aliens are coming and that kind of stuff. So that's like 95, 96. Like I said, they were living in L.A. in like Rancho Santa Fe area. Then in January of 97 is they basically put these two things out called exit statements one and two, which are on their website and you can read their transcripts. And basically it's where Marshall is telling everyone that because of the comet Hale-Bopp, which is coming, it was going to come the closest to the Earth it had ever come. And then there was this like little specky thing behind it. And he was saying that like that was, in fact, the UFO that was coming for everyone. And Bonnie or T was on it. And that they were preparing and the world needed to prepare. And so at that point, they also did. They sent letters to their clients basically saying like, bye, we're going to leave Earth. So no longer having service with us. Please find a new provider. <laughs> Can you imagine imagine? getting that letter? Right? (laughs) Just being like, dear business. (laughs) We're going to leave the earth. Please find new providers or come with us. Right. And you know, there wasn't many providers. So people are probably like, what the fuck am I going to (laughs) do? Right. So they also did this thing where the members of this cult of Heaven's Gate got together. And at this point, by the way, they all have changed their names again. Yeah. They're not like Christian names at this point. They are very weird and I don't <laughs> know how to say them correctly because it's everything ends in Odie. Yeah, I saw that too and I was like, nope. <laughs> and it's not like Jody or Bodie or Modi. I don't know. It's like weird shit. Yeah, Savodi. And you're like, who, what the, who the fuck is Savodi? Oh, that guy. <laughs> And then because everyone looks, literally, they all are dressed, like, in very quintessential 90s. I would say quintessential is, like, very casual. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want you to know where I bought my shirt <laughs> clothes. And if they had glasses, they're all their glasses looked the same. They all had, like, short haircuts or buzz cuts. I think the women could have their hair a little bit longer. Like, I don't think it had to be quite buzz cutty, But it definitely had to be short. And they interview them. And so they basically ask, they ask a couple questions. The first question they ask is, how long have you been a part of this classroom? And that's basically what they called it. 
And there were so, I didn't watch all of them because I was like, oh my God, this is really depressing. Like, I was just like, this is so, I can't do this. Yeah. This one guy was just like, you could tell that he was still upset with people from the outside world because he's calling them out by name, saying their full names on the tape. Like, John Smith, we thought you had so much potential and you just left us. I'm not bitter, but like, and I was like, oh my God, dude, calm down, Savoti. His name was Savoti. <laughs> um, <laughs> So basically they interview them and like one guy that was really interesting, he was actually like African-American, which I was like, oh, you're like the only one in this group. There's not a lot of diversity here. Yeah. But he actually found like a flyer and then other people were talking about it. And then he went and sought out Marshall and Bonnie. Like he tracked them down to like another state and was like, I need to join you. Hmm. He said that when he heard about it, like all of the things like that, the science fiction that mixed with the Christianity, like everything clicked for him. And he's like, this is where I want to be. And so he had been with them since 1976. Wow. And there were several people People who were had been with them since that organ disappearance in 1975. And so a lot of these people are like, I've been with you for like 21 years, 22 years. And they were like, that's fantastic. And then they're like, well, how do you feel about this? The next question, there was really two questions. And the second question is like, how do you feel about what's going to happen? And the few that I watched, one of them was like, I'm really excited. I can't wait to, you know, go to the next level and they're all that. But then it was like people were like, they were getting emotional. One of them I watched and I was like, that person's not 100% sold on this. And you can tell that there's kind of like this moment because they're using far too many adjectives. They're crying, basically. And I mean, this is like they're talking about like they're saying goodbye. You know, and like one of them was like, I know that I'm leaving. This is just like a vessel and I'm going to a better place. So I'm fine with that. Like, I don't care. It's like he, Savoti, because that guy spoke forever. Um, (laughs) He was like, you know, if you don't like a car, you just go get an upgrade. And that's what I'm doing. I'm going to get my upgrade. And I'm like, oh, my God. That was his thinking because that's what he was told, that his physical body was nothing. Yeah. So that was in January 1997. And so basically they're like, Hale-Bopp is coming and then we are going to get on that spaceship. And it was coming in March. So on March 23rd, Hale-Bopp came closest to the Earth or was its closest approach. So 15 members of the group committed suicide day one. They took phenobarbital with applesauce and then they took a shot of vodka. Then they placed a plastic bag over their head to help the situation. Now I was like, okay, what is phenobarbital? Because like I know it. But it's like one of those things that's like, I don't know if it's like one of those commercials where it's like, may cause anal leakage. And you're just like, ew. (laughs) uh, Okay. (laughs) Like, I don't like those commercials crack me up. It's like, may cause death. Mm. You're like, "Mm, uh, I'll just have heartburn. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So phenobarbital is a type of sedative that is not commonly used except for seizure disorders. This comes from a website that's literally, I was looking up like, what are the effects of an overdose of it? And so it'll be in the sources page. And it is, it has a higher potential for abuse than newer sedatives like benzodiazepines and can cause dangerous, even fatal overdoses. Any misuse of phenobarbital can lead to an overdose. And the biggest risk comes from combining it with other sedatives like opioids or alcohol. They took a shot of vodka. 
So before this happened, the night before, actually, so like the 22nd, I'm not actually sure when these people committed suicide. So it could have been like that night. Mm-hmm. But it it was basically said like the day before they all decided to go out to, for one last meal together, which I want you to think really hard right now. I know that in like on a patron episode, we talked about last meals and like what you would eat. But really think about it. If you could go out one last time, like you're never going anywhere else again, where would you go? Go, Tara. First thing that comes to mind is Blue Bayou at Disneyland. So I'll just go with that. Yes. I mean, I would say the Jolly Holiday at Disneyland. So at least we're going someplace together. Yes. <laughs> These people decided they, they were going to have one last meal and they were going to go to Marie Calendars. So it's like 39 fucking people, 39 to 41 fucking people. I'm pretty sure it's just 39. In track suits. <laughs> yes. In track suits and black Nikes with the white swoosh mark. The white swoosh. Yes. Yes. They're all <laughs> dressed the same. So can you, okay. First and foremost, imagine being their server, like going home and then like a few days later watching the news. Oh my God. That poor person. Oh. Right. Oh, I hope they gave her therapy or him. Right. That individual. So they all ordered the same thing. They ordered iced tea, which let's be honest, I do like iced tea, but if it's going to be my last beverage, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Hell no. That's not going to be my last beverage. Mm-mm. Fuck to the no. Give me a margarita. Right. The next thing is their main course was a turkey pot pie, which I'm like, okay, if you're going to Marine Calendars, a turkey pot pie is a pretty like solid thing. I would order that for Marine Calendars. Mm-hmm. But then for dessert, with the plethora of desserts that Marine Calendar has. So many pies. So many pies. So many pies. And I will tell you that like one of my favorite pies that they do, I think they only do it like seasonally. It is a cheesecake pie, I'm pretty sure. <gasps> What? So I can't remember what the pie is. I think it's cheesecake, but it's red velvet and then a pie. I love red velvet. Damn. I haven't had it in forever and I've only had it a couple of times and I would only buy, like, I'm going to be honest, I'd only buy it by the slice Mm -hmm. because there's no way, like, I could take the slice home and, like, at the time, my mom and my now husband and I all ate the one piece (laughs) because it was rich (laughs) as fuck. The one piece was sufficient, but it was delicious. Anyway, they ordered cheesecake with blueberries on top, which I'm like, that's solid. I like that. Not as my last dessert ever. If I'm going out last dessert ever, it better be like the most extravagant thing on the planet. What would your last dessert be? Spooksters, tell us. (laughs) It has to be something with at least caramel in it for me. I really like red velvet and I also really like chocolate, which I know red velvet is technically chocolate. But like now I just really want red velvet cake. Fuck. I love it. So then they go home and then they begin this where they take the phenobarbital and the shot of vodka and then they put the plastic bag over their head. And because I did look up what symptoms of a phenobarbital overdose would do, you'd become lethargic or drowsy, loss of consciousness, impaired coordination and difficulty controlling movements, slurred speech, eyes crossed or random eye movement, hypothermia, irritability, which I'm like, really? That one's on you. In case of a phenobarbital overdose, you may become cranky AF. (laughs) Impaired thinking, aggression, slowed or stopped breathing, respiratory distress, slow heart rate, low blood pressure, and coma is on here. So you could have a coma. So they put the plastic bag over so that once you're kind of like out, it would help you go faster. And then they place this like purple shroud. It's like a purpley silky piece of cloth over your face. 
and you're face up. And most of them were found exactly the same, face up, hands to their side, purple cloth on them. And they just, like, once you committed suicide, they just fucking left your ass. So that happened on the 23rd. And then on the 24th, 15 more committed suicide doing the same exact thing. So I think there's a lot of help that's happening in this. Mm -hmm. And then on March 25th, the nine remaining members commit suicide. And Marshall is actually one of the last four to commit suicide. It's very like Jim Jonesy of it. Yeah. He basically has an assisted suicide. So they like help him and everything. And then these three people then commit their own suicide. And like, I just keep thinking like, what if you were the last person? Because like they're found the next day because uh, an anonymous call comes in, right? And the anonymous call comes in from a person who was a member but wasn't there when this was all happening. And I keep thinking like, what if this person just was like, I'm not doing it. It's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, basically the next day, the police, they get a phone call and it's anonymous. And so they go out there and I watched a little bit of this like detective and he's like, I have an aversion to bad smells. I'm like, okay, you should not be a cop. Things get stinky. Yeah. (laughs) Things get stinky a lot. And so he's like, I had to pull my shirt up and I walk in and it's like, this is a very famous scene. You see the cameras that are going through the house, like the police footage. And it's like, they're in like these silver bunk beds and they're all lay- laying face up. The Nikes are like this huge fucking deal in this because this coverage went like worldwide because anytime something happens with a cult, everyone pays attention in the whole world. Yeah. Nike kind of got in some hot water because people were like, is Nike part of this doomsday cult? Eyebrow race and Nike's like, um, no, thank you. And they immediately like, or they, I don't say immediately, but very quickly they ended up pulling them off of their like shelves and rotations and stuff. Like, I don't even, I can't even remember if like today they have them back. I think you and I were talking about it. Yeah, I don't remember either. But the one pair got on eBay or whatever. Yeah. So basically, the one pair is that the cult had, like, I think they put everything in storage that belonged to the cult. And this was a pair that was left in the box. Now, I can't authentically say that that's probably true, but someone spent almost $7,000 on the pair. So let's hope for their savings <laughs> authentic and not just like someone who used to work at Nike and was like, oh, I'm going to scoot these into my pocket so that one day I can make some money. Also, one more thing I need to add. There was one other thing that they had on them. They had on their like a, they had like an armband on and the armband that said Heaven's Gates Away Team, which I think is hilarious because it's like, <laughs> as someone who played sports and understand that you have like trout like I played travel ball and like in college I had like a travel softball like gear that was you know my tearaway pants and like my warm-up jacket mm-hmm. and everything like that it was like oh they just put warm-up clothes on <laughs> oh god but I heard that the reason they did it was because it was like more economically friendly to buy that in bulk because they had to buy like 39 pairs of everything Yeah. At the end, there was 21 women and 18 men who committed suicide, which I was like, there's that's more women than men. Yeah. And then just kind of like the aftermath of it is, well, one, it became this like sensational thing. And people were like, holy crap. And could you imagine they they were renting that mansion? They didn't own that mansion. (gasps) Oh, those poor owners. Oh, God. Right. (laughs) And then like legally... In the state of California, and I'm pretty sure even back then, you had to disclose if somebody died on the premises. And I think it's like for three years. Could you imagine trying to rent that for three years 
I don't know if you saw the news, but everyone died. Oh, God. At that point, just fucking pay it. (laughs) Right? Like I said earlier, two members did survive. They do not talk about it often. There are a lot of, like, references in today's culture. Like, one of my favorite references is in Dude, Where's My Car? They build it up exactly the same. And it's been in a lot of different things. And something that Tara and I found out while doing this is the plot of the video game Far Cry 5 involves them battling against the fictional cult of Eden's Gate, um, which is basically like this version for a video game. So I was like, oh, both of our husbands play this game. So we know this. Yeah. Just don't join a cult, guys. Like, that's the first thing I want to say. Yeah, please don't. If you find yourself like thinking that you might, if someone tells you, okay, here's the first thing I want to say. If someone tells you they think you're joining a cult, you should probably listen to that person and figure out why they're saying what they're saying. Because we talk about this a lot when we talk about cults is like, how could someone get caught up in this? But if you're vulnerable, if there's something like legitimately missing in your life, I mean, think about this. If you were a woman or a man, who was just tired of dating, tired of trying to find someone to spend the rest of your life with. And suddenly this like group was like, hey, you can come join this group and everyone here is going to love and accept you. You're basically on the same level as everyone. And you don't actually have to try at a romantic relationship because it's not accepted here. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is like, it doesn't matter what the person's situation is, like the people they're targeting. The key thing is they're trying to find people who are missing something in their lives and offering it to them. So, you know, that's like every different cult, like, you know, you could put in whatever you need for whatever it is, whether it's this cult, Jonestown, Charles Manson, etc. Right. The one thing I do think about this one is, is I think this cult is different because like with Jonestown, once you joined, you were stuck. Yeah. Like it didn't matter if you were quality or not. They were all about the quantity. And I think about how many people are alive today because this group was like, "Mm." because they dipped and they let them go. Right. I really, truly think that a lot of these people were there because I think these people wanted to be there. Whether they wanted to commit suicide at the end, I don't know. Right. But I definitely think they wanted to be in this cult. Whereas, like, when we did Jonestown, we talked about people trying to leave and actually did try to leave that day and ended up dead for it. Right. Being in it for over 20 years, like, in a, like, kind of fucked up way, these people become their family. Right. I look at it this way, like, I was watching a video and the person in the video was talking about, like, why are cults bad? If a cult like this, is it really bad? I mean, it ended bad because there was suicide mm-hmm. involved. And I think if I think if Bonnie had lived, it probably wouldn't have ended that way. I think Marshall was probably just lost without her and was trying to figure out a way to get to her. And this seemed the most logical way because he'd already convinced everyone that if you die, you can ascend. And, the, and now the only way to ascend is to die. You just have to have the UFO like near you. So here's the comet. There's the UFO. Let's kill ourselves and go get on it. Yeah. But I was I was watching it and they were talking about like if cults are good or bad for people. And that actually made me start thinking about it in the fact that we live in an age today where like we want to say that we're an enlightened society, but there's still a lot of hate. There's still a lot of bigotry. There's still a lot of like xenophobia out there. And so when these people find communities that like accept them it's understandable how there's like a thousand cults in the united states right now that we don't know about because 
they're just accepted. And I mean, as long as you're not trying to kill your members or stockpiling guns, you know, like Waco, like Waco was just crazy because it was way too many guns, like way too many, Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially with the amount of children they had running around there. Like there were no gun safes. But yeah, I think that it's a it's a question that we have to ask ourselves is like, as a society, are we because the way we treat others, are we opening up? these like holes for these people to get sucked into these cults because I always think of like the boy meets world episode where I think it's like Eric and Sean get like sucked into a cult. They have to like get them out. (laughs) And I, I honestly think like that's how it works is that people who are looking to recruit people to their cause, they can find the insecurity that will bring you to them. Yep. So I just think the way to solve cults is just to be a better society. Tall order, I know. (laughs) I I honestly don't understand how people just can't be, like, nice to humans these days. So just as much effort, if not more, to be evil. True. My name is Jessica. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) Okay, but that does kind of conclude our episode for the day. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) I'm done. But again, we hope you enjoyed this week. I know it, it was a cult that had a tragic ending, but... I think there's a lot to be learned from it. And I think one of the biggest ones is don't buy a $7,000 pair pair of shoes that may or may not have belonged to a cult because that does not seem like money well spent. No. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.